podcast listeners so slightly shorter episode again today off the back of the friday 2 30 p.m instagram live which is happening every week you can jump on that next week if you like today i'm talking about this concept of stress and challenges so i speak about this in the context of small business owners however of course this is a human thing so it's going to be relevant for all of us. And I frame it up in what I think is a slightly different way. So rather than focusing on some practices and things like this, I zoom out and we talk about it from two different angles. One is I introduce a triangle that I think you might like, a triangle. And then two is I introduce some concepts in terms of how our physiology, how we can be perceiving the things that we're trying to do and how that can influence how we feel. So I hope you enjoy it. There's some different ways of thinking about this stuff. You can think a bit about, think of it in terms of dealing with stress, anxiety, frustration, tension, or in terms of optimizing behavior and performance. It's a similar conversation here. I hope you enjoy it. If you've got any questions, send them along, john at johntmarsh.com. See you on next week's Instagram Live, Friday 2.30. If you can make it, send me your questions or topics beforehand. I will have more podcasts also coming out in the next couple of days. Got some really good ones. Uh, so look out for those. That's it. You're listening to John Marsh. This is the Access Potential Podcast. Wanted to talk a little bit today about this concept. Let's call it stress. So this this term stress was coined over 50 years ago. Originally, this guy, his name was Hans Selye. He's the kind of um, probably the, the first person to articulate it. And he was he noticed this thing called general adaptive syndrome when he was young. Um, and he noticed in a hospital where he was doing some placement work that there was this group of people who were seeing a lot of different sort of, I guess, symptoms pop up for a, a myriad of different reasons, a ton of different reasons. And they couldn't figure out what it was. It wasn't a specific thing. And so he coined this term stress, and it was this um, non-specific adaptation to a, a demand that's placed on the system. I wanted to talk a little bit about stress today in the context of small business owners, but this will resonate with employees, with you know people. It's it's human, right? It goes across, of course. Uh, but there are a specific or a unique kind of set of challenges, and I think some of them are quite interesting, especially as we're now obviously in this world that's very heavily online, uh, which is a great thing as well. But some possible considerations. So. I wanted to bring hopefully a little bit of value and um, I'll put myself on the line a little bit here and kind of put some of my assertions with things that I believe in because I think this conversation can be one where it's really wish-washy and, and kind of ends up being, you know, it's important to look after yourself kind of thing. I think we all get that and I think we all understand the context of um, where we're at and trying to build something as well. So. I've, of course, experienced this in, in my businesses and what I've done and continue to. is It's never end, really. And then, of course, a lot of people that I've worked with also. So a lot of kind of firsthand. So there's 
two ways that I want to attack this. And one is going to be physiologically. So what happens when we're in a situation that's perceived as stressful and a couple of things we can do. And this is going to be a little bit different to perhaps what you may have heard or, or thought a way of thinking about it. And the other is a more of a meta concept. So thinking about what might need to be in place or kind of macro things that we could look at as individuals that might help us to be in that non-stress state. So if, if Hans Salier defined it as this sort of general adaptation to load, I'm gonna kind of define it here as that feeling that you're sort of being squeezed a little bit. Uh, it could be a blend between overwhelm, it could be anxiousness, it could be uh, frustration, uh, an inability to be grounded, not present, um, and generally not very effective either. When you're feeling that stress, it's, it's not a very um, effective place to be for your work or for your relationships too. And I know that everyone will resonate with this. Um, it's, a, it's a fairly fruitless place to kind of hang out. So before I get stuck into the two areas that I wanna go, the first thing that I need to throw out there is about this concept of resources. So if Hans Salier was the first person to coin the term stress, later on there's this guy, Dr. Ray Pete, and anyone who's kind of read my older stuff or the Pillars of Power ebook, that sort of thing, you'll see I reference um, Ray a lot. I do like his work. It's based around energy production at a cellular level and a lot of stuff around environment as well and the quality of the environment. And one of Ray's kind of takeaways is that if we don't have the resources available in the body, so think of that as food, right? If we don't have enough fuel, if we don't have enough resources, when we come upon a situation that could be perceived as stressful, like work, uh, it's more likely that it will be perceived that way. So the resources, the fuel is the thing that's needed as kind of a buffer for us to deal with the stresses in life. So I guess we could think of this as like when someone's kind of hangry and they need some food, uh, they might just need some food, right? And it could have a negative impact on mental emotional states. So I'm not going to go into this deeply, but my assertion kind of on that food resources side is that a scarcity mindset can exacerbate this stuff. So I don't go into nutrition. I kind of left that word a long time ago. But if I had to personally put myself on the line, I would be kind of anti-fasting, anti-reductionist approach to food if you're feeling that you're in a place that's a little bit, you know, tense, a little bit stressful. Um, I would recommend checking out some of his work if you're really into the food side of things and you find that you're stripping things away and want to kind of go down that road. This was something that uh, I kind of had to get a grip on a couple of years ago, and I've seen it with a lot of other people, that food frequency can really help to downregulate the nervous system. So that's one thing is this resources. I just wanted to cover that because I know if you're heavily into the nutrition, you know there's a link there. Uh, the guy is Dr. Ray Pete, if you want to check out his stuff. Also, um, Josh Rubin on um, Real Food Gangsters, who I'll tag here somewhere. So that's that out of the way. Now I want to move into the other part, which we may not be thinking about so much. It's kind of the non-mechanical, right? So I want to introduce this concept of a triangle. We've, we've kind of cleared out the food conversation and the resources. By no means am I minimizing. I want you to go further. 
It's just not on this IGTV effectively. I want to talk about some situational and some perception stuff. So I want to introduce a new triangle, okay? And this is, this is the triangle of love, safety, and belonging. And before we kind of get washed into woo-woo and kind of dilute it based on the words that we hear and the conditioning, let's just think about this for a second. Because when we think about stress, we really have the kind of opposite force, the inverse of creativity, playfulness, you could even say eroticism, you could say any of these types of words, you know the feeling I'm talking about. When we have stress, we go into a, a shutdown mode. For an animal, when an animal's resources are scarce and they don't have a lot of food around them, they'll stay really close to the habitat, to the little hole, and they'll run around and try to find food locally versus move into this playful exploratory pattern. So for us, it's the same thing. When there's that stress, we're not in this playful exploratory place. We're in a closed environment, whether that's relationally or in our work, you're trying to create content or something. Good luck with kind of the creativity front if the stress is high. Okay, so we have this triangle, love, safety, and belonging. Now, why is this specific? Specific to small business owners, it's not. It's a human thing. But let's map it out. If we look at someone who's starting a business, uh, there's a couple of things that are really interesting when we look at these three. I've talked a lot about small business being a potentially lonely or isolating area, and it can be despite the online connection, which is a really cool thing. When we look at, let's pick one, let's go to I'll hold this up for impact. Let's go to love. So if we talk about this, one of the things that happens when we're in a, in a job or in a community, in a, in a group where we go to work, for example, is we have connection. And we could split love, this concept of love, down into lots of different ways, different ways of thinking about the word. But really what I want to kind of leave it with is this idea of a non-trivial connection. So this dance between, you know, myself and nature, myself and the universe, myself and other people. But really there's this connection that has to happen. And what happens in small business is we inherently tend to separate ourselves from this connection. We talk about it a lot, of course, and this is like, on the content, on reaching out to your clients, reaching out to your friends, whatever. But we need to be pretty honest with ourselves and what's really happening for a lot of people is they're spending a lot of time behind the screen and I'm not minimizing this because it's me too, it's all part of it and I love the dance, right? But also behind the screen and then also uh, it's a 24 seven game. So you have the potential to consider your business, maybe not think about it all the time, but consider it at the night, in the morning, when you wake up, whatever. So when we think about this thing of love, which is kind of hinging a little bit on connection here, it's one that can quickly creep up on some small business owners. So if you're feeling like you're, uh, you know, six months in, 12 months in, five years in, and you work with a lot of people in the context of your business, a lot of calls or a lot of clients, uh, in a professional setting, 
Yet when you put yourself on the fly in the wall situation, you're not seeing a ton of, you know, just really relaxed release connection with people. That could be one to look at. So that's the first pillar of the triangle. The second one is safety, right? Now we need to think about this from a subconscious level. Dr. Stephen Porges, he introduces a, a term called neuroception. And neuroception is a subconscious perception of the environment it's happening all the time. Even when you look at your phone, watching this, you're, you're picking up your environment locally. And neuroception is needed for threat identification. But when you're a small business owner, you've got a big problem at the front end. And for some people, it's a huge problem. The big problem is uh, we have finance. So for people who take on funding, this is a big one. And for those who don't, you're bootstrapping. So it's a big one. And even when you're further along and everything's rolling and successful, it's still a perception that can influence a lot of people. So subconsciously, we can pick up the fact that we're, you know, having to grow this thing ourselves, basically a little bit of a fight on your, on your financial side for growth as a subconscious threat, right? And this, if you think back to, you know, we noticing it at the moment, I don't know if you guys are picking this up, but like couple last couple of months, of course, the whole country is at subconscious threat level because of the fires, right? So there's a tension that sits straight into the physiology and you can choose to, you know, not watch the news. You can choose to do this, but it's picked up through other people as well. And this is the same in small business. If you're in connection with other small business owners, there's a tension that can be felt depending on who you're surrounding yourself with, the ways of thinking, the ways of perceiving. Shining the light of awareness really helps, but considering uh, threat or financial stress for some people as a stressor, as a threat. Uh, this isn't, of course, limited to small business. It's everywhere. However, if you're taking on a lot of funding or something like this, and then you're scrambling, there's what's borderline an existential threat for some people, depending on their early childhood conditioning, how they perceive things that can really flip, uh, that can flip you in, in, in the long run, right? So it's bringing awareness to any other things that could be considered as a threat. I'm going to talk about challenges in a second, but anything big, you know, if you have to all of a sudden hire people or fire someone, there's a conversation that could be perceived as conflict. So it's all we're doing here is bringing awareness to, okay, this thing that I'm going in is not comfortable, right? And if it's not comfortable, it's potentially perceived as a threat. Uh, and if it's perceived as a threat, then I've got that safety box that I've got to be aware of. Uh, the last one is, of course, belonging. And I probably don't need to go too deep into this, but it will make sense to a lot of you. Uh, you're doing your own thing. And the very nature of that is there's effectively no tribe or a very minimal tribe. So this, of course, isn't limited to small business. I've done some speaking um, with uh, a lot of engineers and, and um, people in the mines, and it's very pronounced there, probably more so than what I see in small business. However, it's still this concept of belonging. So belonging, if you're into like your energy centers and your chakras, it's like right down the bottom. This is like your, your base or your roots type stuff. 
and your tribal belonging, your sense of family in the community. And for me, this is an interesting one because I've grown up, especially in those early years in so many different countries that for a long time, there's a big story around belonging, um, whether it's gone or not, who knows. <laughs> However, it's something to consider. Yes, we're connected with clients. Yes, there's people, there's friends. However, are we really opening ourselves up to be in the broader community as well? And if you've lived in the one town the whole life, um, and I know uh, Catherine jumped on, we've had this conversation before, um, having moved around a lot, and then you'll know someone who's grown up in the same town and it's quite a different dynamic. So that can come into the nervous system level as well. So there we have it. I didn't hold up the other ones, but because visually it may make an impact, love, safety, belonging, and when we simplified it, connection, financial for a lot of people. Think of it as financial consideration, right? It doesn't need to be a threat. And then uh, tribal belonging, you know, sense of, sense of, sense of, um, well, sense of belonging, basically. So in the middle of those, and you'll be able to think to a time in your life when these are all in check, in the middle of those exists the opportunity for play, creativity, um, all of these good things. And I'm reminded of like, you know, teaching movement classes and stuff. And we try to sometimes bring this concept of play, you know, play, be creative. However, if someone's brand new to the group and they're not familiar or it can be perceived as a little bit different because they haven't been there before, effectively that kind of instruction just comes across as like an order. So it's not, uh, it's not really helpful and it's not necessarily possible if the subconscious mind is picking this up as a stressful situation. So the first thing we do is try to recognize if that's the case and help to bring that belonging connection in there before we try to ramp up creativity, things like that. If you're in a small business, you benefit a lot from creativity and innovation. Uh, corporations also. One big thing in teams uh, is that when there's a tense nature in the environment, so a caustic atmosphere or a very hierarchical atmosphere, a lot of times that tension can just eliminate any possibility of innovation or creativity. So we wanna create an environment that's really good for this. Uh, of course, you know, um, there's ways we can deal with these things and I'm gonna to get to those at the end. I'm going to flip to the second bit, which is this concept of challenge, which I think you'll find really interesting. Just making sure that this is still going. So <clears throat> a lot of people talk about growth. And um, this is a really interesting thing because the culture's hardcore on growth, which is great. Now we need to think about what's happening though, because we can link this back to perception and of course stress and how we feel and therefore creativity. So the, the underlying theme in all of this stuff is, is great physiology leads to great behavior, leads to high performance. So everyone when they're looking at high performance habits and all of these things and they're focusing on the habit, the behavior and the habit side, uh, if we don't look at physiology, we're basically just throwing the foundation out the window. 
And you'll know this when you wake up and the physiology is good, you're safe, you've got good food, you're you know, in good shelter, you're with people you love, you're relaxed. It's very easy to stay on task. It's the when those threats start to pop up or when the stress cycle begins, then the distraction cycle also kicks in and the habits go out the window. So habits, performance is linked to physiology. Dr. Alan Watts is a great guy to check out. Um, Dr. James P. Henry was the first guy who sort of talked about this. Now let's have a look, right? Because this is interesting in a culture where we're trying to grow. And remember, we're talking about stress here for small business owners. So I'm, I'm going along and all of a sudden I've got a situation, a circumstance, and it's like a it's like a it's like a stimulus. It could be, you know, one example in movement could be you you try to pick up a bar for a deadlift. In business, it could be you need to do sales calls. Uh, it could be that you need to do some marketing, your first Instagram live video and you've never done it or something. That's a stimulus. Now we've got two main ways that we can respond or react, but not in a negative sense of the word, just simply react to the stimulus. Um, one is we can we can basically um, give up our control. We can go, there's nothing we can do. And we can basically relax into giving up, relax into the stressful situation. Uh, again, Dr. Ray Pete spoke about this as what's called learned helplessness. It's basically like someone says, hey, I want you to, you know, do say business, 10,000 sales calls tomorrow. And you just, there's no way. And so you've never done one before perhaps. So you, you kind of try three or four of them and then you get frustrated and you give up and you go on social media or you sit around and maybe complain a bit about it. But we see a relaxation, a parasympathetic response to the stress. When the stress is there for a long time, we get this too. And this is when people tend to give up. Now, the other way, is when we think we can still maintain control. So this is super critical because here we get into the essence of what I feel causes a lot of the stress for small business owners based off of what I've seen. Now, now it's like, okay, I want you to do this task. Maybe your coach, maybe someone helps you. Here's the task that we need for growth. Cool. I'm going to try that right now. What happens is I get a, an aroused state. My cortisol ramps up. I, I pop to attention because I need to be alert. I need to be on. And this is a good thing, right? I need to be awake. I need to be aware. So at a very simple level, we're in an aroused behavioral state. And we need to be because we need to act. We can't just go to sleep. Cool. So we're moving through this stimulus or challenge trying to, trying to build, um, trying to grow, trying to overcome it. Now, uh, we can get a little bit um, fast, sometimes defensive. Um, basically, we're getting shit done, right? And you'll know this mode because you'll feel great. You're hyper productive at this time and you're just, you're punching it out. Don't bother me, I'm, I'm going, right? Now, this can end up in one of two ways. Either we overcome the stimulus and we get the job done, so we succeed, or we don't and we lose control. Now, when we overcome, we get a really nice feeling. So James Henry talks about this as a boost in uh, oxytocin, a boost in testosterone, basically a nice physiological response. We adapt. If we don't, if we continue to sort of struggle for that control, 
uh, we get the inverse. So we get a drop in testosterone, we get a negative physiological response. Uh, basically, what we're trying to recognize is that the way that we set up our tasks matters. The way that we divide up the thing that we're trying to do matters. Because if we're trying to insert some sort of habit or something that's not plausible in a straight shift, it's not going to work and we're setting ourselves up for failure. Now, the culture is all about at the moment, failure is good. It's okay to fail. You need to fail. Yes. And it's really good to succeed. From a nervous system perspective, I, if I'm working with someone, I love them to just do, you know, a little bit of content marketing if that's what they're wanting to do. Maybe let's start with one piece next week. I don't want them to try to do 20 things and then fail because the nervous system perceives that as a failure. It lost control. We lost certainty. And the message in the culture is like we need to be okay with losing. That's true. This is happening subconsciously. So effectively, we want to look for any way to build certainty. We want to look for any way to build success into the things that we're doing. So really for a lot of us, it doesn't do us much good to look at someone who's 10 years ahead and try to straight up copy or straight up mirror because there's no way that our nervous system's adapted for that stressor. And it looks like instead of a series of steps, it's just a brick wall, like you're doing one of those adventure race things and you can't get over the wall. You sit at the bottom frustrated. So going back, we want to be able to overcome the stimulus because physiologically we get alert, but then we get that overcoming adaptation of the nervous system. The narrative now is I can do this and we get that oxytocin testosterone release, we get the adaptation, we sleep well, the whole thing has a positive ratchet. If we start throwing these things around like I'm gonna start a podcast and I'm gonna do 50 episodes a day uh, because someone else did it, I'm setting myself up for the inverse where at a minimum, I'm gonna be striving for control. If I'm striving for control, basically I might get it, but I'm, it's like doing a max, a, the heaviest weight you can pick up. Most strength coaches will know that you don't really want to do that very often. And you're certainly not going to give it to someone right at the beginning. We're going to build into this to build this uh, successive approximation. So a small win, a small win, a small win. If we have a loss, that's okay. Small win, let's go again. So this whole bias for action is really setting ourselves up for a physiology that's less stressed because there's more certainty. So we know certainty is good for change. We know that it's a big thing in um, bigger organizations and corporations. We know that as a user or consumer, we love certainty. If there's something new that pops up, um, you know, if it's Uber, we want to know who the driver is. If there's a new technology, we want something to bring us back to the human level. So we can go back if we're feeling this stress then. Of course, we had the first triangle, the love, safety, belonging. Is there something missing? Can we talk to someone to bring up some connection and belonging? Um, can we, you know, talk to someone else who can help us reframe our financial situation to help us see from a different perspective that we're not in a threatened state? So we look there and then we look back at this stage and this is where reframing is so powerful because if I'm stressed out that I'm not going to be able to write my book and I get on a call with one of you and you say, look, 
You know, what happens if you can write three pages today? How does that feel for you? And this is something that I can do and I overcome this. What I've just created is a, is a bias for action to write the three pages today and tomorrow. I've created certainty and I've created a, a success of approximations, the ability to keep going um, with consistency. And from there, I have a small win and that builds a nice physiology. So really to round, round it all out, I think, um, yes, mindfulness. Yes, all of these things, of course. A lot of it, though, is because we're caught up in social media, in following others, in following you know, the whole high performance track, yet we kind of fail sometimes to look inside and kind of see where we're at and understand that it's not the thing, it's how it's processed, it's how it's felt, it's how it's perceived. Uh, we could go on and on, there's other ways we can kind of tune into this, but effectively it's, uh, I guess, eliminating some of the inputs from people around us to come back to ourselves to understand, okay, if I'm stressed and if I have this feeling in my, my body, my physiology, and I know this, what's going on as a starting point? A, do I have the resources available, good food, these sorts of things, the light, the open space? B, my love, safety, and belonging triangle. Where can I check in? Who can help me? And then C, am I setting myself for this feeling of floundering because my task, my stimulus that I've created for myself is so big because I'm trying to copy somebody else or because I just put on something huge on my plate because it's 2020 and the start of a new decade. So working with someone, so I guess that the, the ways that I found helpful is surround yourself with a community uh, who you do get connection with, who you do feel a sense of belonging with, right? And it doesn't need to be necessarily in your same deal, but people who you can who you can really share with and talk to doesn't need to be you know super deep or anything it's just it's belonging right that's the first thing um breaking your bigger goals down into what i call three acts so act one act two act three and then what does day one look like you know a ladder so you've got successive approximation where can i start uh, and then this can help you to transform and shift the habits and the performance so uh, that's pretty much it. Um, cool, Emily got a question. That's exciting. That's my first question. What's the best way to support staff to understand the stuff? Really good question. Um, I used to run workshops and it would be with staff and um, in, in both financial service sectors and then also gyms as well. It was back about a year ago. If you look back over my stuff, I'm doing the breathing workshops. I think you need to decide whether it can come from you or whether you need to think about bringing someone in or taking them somewhere. Uh, this perception thing is very, it's not the obvious, it's a non-obvious. It doesn't give you a fast stimulus and I'm not taking away from anything else that's happening today but when we say do ice baths and we do these things that's in the culture, it's a stimulus so it's really, it gives a great reward. And what we're talking about here is, is, is very slow, right? It's like a, it's a more um, structural, slow way of thinking about it. So it sometimes is difficult to get staff involved. And what I, what I find is to try to lead by example. And what you'll find is that when you get these things dialed and you are feeling good, you'll feel more present and you'll feel more 
um, at, at, you know, at ease and, and things come a little bit easier and you, you know the feeling. And so maybe when the conversation pops up, you could start to share, um, you know, you could, again, just check out the people who I mentioned or I can message them to you if you want uh, and, and just read up a little bit. Then you can share them on your own sort of thing as well. Just on that, the biggest thing, I think, if you lead by example of not of, of looking deeper at each thing that pops up. So things pop up in the culture and you'll watch a movement shift to one direction around the thing. Maybe it's a, a documentary on Netflix. Maybe, it, maybe it's a way of doing meditation. Maybe it's one a way of training. And it's never that anything is bad. It's just that you need to watch when there's a quick movement from a lot of people because we need to go, okay, what's really, what's going on? Is this serving? Where am I at? And I think teaching that way of thinking is more empowering than teaching um, one thing around, you know, one of the practices. Okay, that takes us to the end of today's episode. I hope you got some value out of that. If you are a small business owner, you're carving your own path and you are feeling a little bit of tension here or there, or you want to kind of optimize some of the habits or behaviors and you find yourself feeling a little stressed and maybe a little distracted, maybe this could help. Maybe go back to the episode, have another listen back through. And if you get really stuck, just send me a message, send me a DM and see if there's a place to start. Now, of course, you know, as mentioned at the beginning, it's not an exhaustive conversation, simply some different ways to reframe, to look at this stuff from a different angle. Hope you enjoyed it. I'll see you on the next episode. If you did like this one, please forward to a friend or feel free to subscribe. Thank you for listening.